You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 184. So how do high achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello, hello. How are you today? Today we are talking about six unusual skills of successful lawyers. And these are skills that I have compiled from the clients I work with, from my own experience, from observing the world. And I've compiled them here for you so you can start cultivating these practices for yourself. And at the very end of this podcast, what I'm going to do is share with you one of the recipes for success, as I call them, of one of my clients so that you have an idea of how you can start cultivating these skills repeating them, recognizing them when you have successes, and start creating more success in your life, whatever that might look like. So when you're moving forward into the next year, you're not thinking that successes are a fluke. You're not attributing your successes to someone else. You are taking 100% ownership of what you are creating and you're able to repeat it again and again. And I want to define a few words before we move forward here. First of all, these skills are unusual because they're not taught to us as children or as adults. We have to seek out these skills. We have to start looking for them in the people that we're modeling, the people that we see who have what we want. And so if you, whatever your goal is, right, and particularly what I'm going to be talking about in this podcast is probably going to be mostly monetary goals. I mean, I work with people who have monetary goals and also have goals to cultivate things like their leadership skills in their practice or their ability to do new endeavors outside of the law or or cultivate other skills, do other things in the world, right? Besides practicing the law or get super organized in their practice so that they can expand their practice. So just recognize that these skills aren't just going to benefit you if you are going after a money goal, but they will benefit you there and in every area of your life where you want to excel. And once you start using these skills regularly, you'll wonder why no one ever taught us these from day one. I sought them out and now I teach them to my clients. The second word I want to define is the word skills. Skills are learnable concepts that we can make habits. That means you can learn them too. It means anyone can learn them. It just takes that paying attention to what is happening in your mind. How are you are showing up every single day? And that's why it's so helpful to really show up once a week to start cultivating these, looking for these. Like that's why I do once a week coaching calls. It's so funny because when I first discovered coaching, I was getting coaching with this um, this person who just kind of let you do coaching calls like whenever. And I would hoard all of my sessions. Like I would do one every month or six weeks. 
And because I did that, I didn't get the benefit of retraining my mind to learn these concepts. Like it took me a couple years later when I found a coach that was like, nope, we meet every single week and we start retraining your brain. And that's why I talk to my clients every single week. It's because that is what trains our brain. That's what creates these skills, these habits, and starts getting them into our nervous system. The third word I want to define is the word success. I define success as going after what I want, liking the reasons I'm going after it, and going after it with ease instead of hustle. And really, it doesn't matter what you want. You can make it happen without the stress. I would even say that the more successful we become, however we define it, Um, the less possible it is to achieve higher levels of success while using the same habits of hustle and grinding. It becomes even more unhealthy for us mentally and physically. And I experienced this as a trial attorney when I was really hustling. I was, was not sleeping well. I wasn't eating well. I was working all the time, working weekends. And I used the word working loosely because really I was exhausted and I didn't have these skills that I'm going to share with you today that will help you if you find yourself in that position now. And I just want you like with the new year in mind to start thinking about how do you define success because yeah, you could go after money, but does it really like you've got a, if you've got a lot of money Like, then why are you going after more? Like, just really like your why. You don't have to have any other reason besides you want to, but just so long as you really like your why and you're not like doing it to prove something to yourself or to prove something to somebody else, you're not using the money as an external validation. But if you're using the money in a really clean way as just like a goalpost to show you like, okay, this is me showing myself what's possible, I think that's a really clean way to approach a goal. And sometimes I'll see my clients going after a goal and it's really more of the busy work to avoid the emotional work. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And so when you notice yourself hustling and grinding, that is a sign that there's some kind of emotion that you might be avoiding. So I notice myself, if I'm in a worry mode, right, like if I'm worrying about something, that I will work to avoid feeling the worry so I can kind of just like brush it aside so I'm disconnected from my feelings. Just notice if you are doing that because when we are working in like we're grinding through the emotions like that and we're trying to ignore uncomfortable emotions for us instead of addressing the root cause, which is, you know, what I talk to my clients about is what's the root cause of that worry? What's the root cause of that anxiety? Whatever the stress stressors are happening. If we're working to avoid those, then we are going to be taking poor action towards our goals. It's going to be the least productive action. It's going to feel horrible and we're going to create more negative emotion in our life than is necessary. So just notice if that's happening for you. So with those definitions in mind, let's talk about the six habits, the six unusual skills of successful lawyers. All right. So when we go after what we want, our brain goes a little haywire, okay? Because we're going after something we've never created before. So this is really normal. Our brain wants to 
protect us. It's doing what it thinks is right (laughs) in that it is kind of like flashing these little danger signs, right? It tells you things like, well, I've never done it before. You don't know how to do it because you've never done it before. Successes are flukes. You can't repeat that. Well, that success doesn't count because it didn't turn out exactly the way you thought it should. You don't have enough time, money, or energy to do X, whatever it is that you want. Or, you know, you're not doing things that you said you were going to do, so maybe you don't really want it at all. Like your brain just offers all of these thoughts to you. It doesn't mean you have to listen to them. (laughs) They're just thoughts. And if you know they're just thoughts, and if you know that you have a choice of choosing the thoughts you want to believe then these thoughts have no power over you. It's when we start believing everything our brain feeds us, that's when we start getting into despair, right? We start getting into this mode of, I can't do it, I don't know how. And all that is, is just some chatter that your brain is offering you. And when you start recognizing that your brain is not telling you the truth, it's just offering you thoughts, everything changes. I see this with my clients all the time, right? Like they stop believing everything that their brain tells them and they start taking charge of their brain. They start doing these six things that I'm going to talk to you about. And then they start making more money in their practice. They start new businesses on top of their legal practice. They pursue practice areas that light them up, right? They start to believe in themselves. They do things that their brain told them was impossible. But because they stuck with themselves and they decided that they were going to take charge of their lives and they were going to stop listening to every single thought their brain offered them, they were able to change things. And so I want to offer that that is like a huge thing. I didn't even include that in the six unusual skills, but it really is like the foundation of just not believing everything your brain is telling you and starting to have faith in yourself and just taking charge of where your brain goes. So even though that wasn't included here, we're going to, that was just kind of like the foundational aspect of these skills is not believing everything that your brain tells you. What I'm going to talk about within these six skills is kind of like, well, no, it is how to manage your brain around successes and around failures because failures are a necessary part of success. Failures are what we need. They are stepping stones to success. We never figure out how to do anything without the failures because the failures are telling us like, oh, that failure, that's not how I did it. There's another way. Right? We're just looking at the data and we're collecting it. So let's just jump in because I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. Okay, so number one, be nice to yourself. You're not going to want to be nice to yourself, especially when you think things should have gone differently. You've probably spent a lifetime letting your brain be mean to you. It's not your fault. No one teaches us how to be nice to ourselves. There's not a class where they pull us aside and they say, hey, Janet, Jane, like be nice to yourself, right? There's not a course on this. When your brain says you can't do it, that you don't know how, instead of believing it, say, hey, I know, sweetie, I know that we haven't done this before. That's okay. We're going to figure it out. 
Like I picture my mean brain, right? Like this, the brain that's actually trying to protect me from feeling that feeling of failure, which is not a problem. We need to feel that in order to get to the next level. I picture my mean brain as a three-year-old girl having a little tantrum. She needs something, right? She's desperately needs to feel safe. She needs to feel like she's being taken care of. And a beating is just going to make her cry. What she needs is a hug and someone to tell her that she's loved and everything is going to be okay. When you practice being kind to yourself, your brain that's kind of flashing off these danger signs because you're trying something new, because you're going after something you want that you've never gotten before, your mean brain's going to start calming down and then you can start taking better action towards your goal because the toddler brain has settled down for a nap. So that's the first skill to learn is just really how to talk to yourself and be kind to yourself. The second skill I want to talk to you about is calming your nervous system. Going after dreams or doing anything new causes our primal brain to fire off the danger synapses, right? It's scared you're going to be eaten, kicked out of the tribe, starved to death, all of those primal needs that need to be satisfied that you are safe. It's starting to flash danger. It's like, hey, warning, warning. But the good news is that that primal brain shares a space with our prefrontal cortex. So that means you, we have this unique ability within the, the species, right? And I think species is the wrong word, right? Like the, the different species on our planet. We have this unique gift where we can have a conversation with our primal brain. We can recognize when our brain is going haywire and start to calm it down. So when your primal brain tells you something like you can't afford coaching or uh, doing a video is scary and you can't do it, right? You can ask yourself, is that really true? Will I really like be kicked out of the tribe? Will I really be out on the street next month? Like if I pay for this thing or is it just going to feel uncomfortable? So this is something I used to walk my brain through when I started investing in my business until I showed my brain evidence that this is what I needed to do to create the life that I wanted. I mean, I created that evidence. I showed myself like the power of how my brain changed when I did coaching. Same thing with video because that was really scary for me too. When I first started video a few years ago, I was just, I didn't want to do any of it right? It was so unnerving to me. I could feel all the anxiety and the stress. I didn't want to do it. I avoided it. Um, It had to be perfect or I wouldn't do it. Like the lighting had to be perfect. And if you kind of caught me at a bad moment, maybe I'd kind of snap at you because (laughs) I was just so, um, my nervous system was so on edge that I just could not function. But what I needed to do is I needed to practice and I need to I needed to give myself what I needed to feel safe, right? So for me with the video, that meant having a conversation with myself and saying, okay, look, I can control certain things. I control 
um, okay, I'll, I can get a light. I can control the makeup. I can control the hair, right? I can control the content and I can control how I review the content. I can control how I show up and that I show up and I'm okay with it not being perfect. In fact, if I show up perfect, it's going to sound robotic. And if I show up, you know, being myself and maybe I mess up, that's okay. People are okay with it. People like imperfection. People relate to imperfection. And so I had to have that conversation with myself in order for me to show up on video. And lo and behold, once I started doing it, I was able to engage with people in a higher level. I was able to really show my personality. And so I want to offer to you that having that conversation, when you feel your nervous system start to really get shaken, it's just because you are going outside of your comfort zone. It's just your nervous system's way of trying to keep you safe. But it's not necessary in a world where you're trying to expand your business, where you're trying to expand your practice, you're trying to expand your caseload, you know, whatever it, it is that you want to expand in your life, just know that when you feel that nervousness, that fear that maybe something's gone wrong, nothing has gone wrong. You just need to Use the skills that I'm talking about here to start calming your nervous system, start having a conversation with it and asking yourself, am I really in danger or is my nervous system just overreacting to a circumstance? Okay. The third skill that I want to talk to you about that you're probably going to be like, what? It's working less. Overworking is a trauma response. And I used to overwork and I still have to watch myself because it's like what I'm talking about here, it's not as if your thoughts about working and maybe your nervousness about video, it just automatically goes away, right? First of all, it takes practice and maybe it never goes away and that's okay. It's not a problem. So long as you are aware of when you do things like overworking, Right? If you're aware that you have a habit of overworking, working through pressure and, and trying to create artificial deadlines for yourself, whether it's intentionally or subconsciously, I know you, I see you waiting for those deadlines to really push you to act, Like, know that you are creating that and that it is a trauma response doing that. There's something that has happened in your life where the overwork has given you some sort of benefit. Maybe it was avoiding emotion. For me, it's been uh, maybe avoiding emotion, but usually it's to prove myself, my value as a human, right? To, sh- to prove something to other people instead of proving something to myself that I can do something, right? It's a very different energy when you're working to try to prove something to someone else versus working to show yourself that you're capable, And really, I had to remind myself over and over again, like, you know what? I'm 100% valuable already. And my work has nothing to do with my worth. You've probably heard that before, but our work has absolutely nothing to do with our worth, okay? You're 100% valuable right now. Like, it doesn't matter if you do zero work. If you're sitting on the couch and you're doing nothing, you are just as valuable as the person who's clocking 
70-hour weeks in the office, right? So just know that and practice that thought because working more isn't going to help you get ahead, right? We have this thought, a lot of us anyway, that the reason we're behind is because we're not working hard enough. Well, that's just a habit that your brain has believed over and over again, right? It's just a thought that you've thought over and over again that the work is the solution and that you'll feel better if you work harder. So how's that going for you? If it's not, then I want to share something with you. This is what I do. Decide when you work and when you don't ahead of time. Yes, you're going to have an unexpected emergency you can't plan for at some point, and that's okay. You can plan for a lot of things. Then when a true emergency pops up, you're not as discombobulated because you already have your week planned. How do you like that word, discombobulated? I love that word. So once you have your week planned, you can prioritize more easily when an emergency happens because it's a win. It's just going to happen. So be nice to your brain and plan your week. Go back to number one and be nice to yourself, okay? The first time you plan your week and you decide when you're going to work and when you're going to relax, your brain is going to be tempted to be mean to you and tell you that you need to work harder and you should be doing something and you're going to want to quit. Expect it. Treat your schedule like a scientist treats her work, like an experiment. She collects data, she sees what works and what doesn't work, and then she reconfigures the experiment and tries again until it works to her satisfaction. And this is how you make a calendar work for you and how you will learn that working less makes you more productive, not less. Okay? And if you haven't already signed up for my calendar masterclass, you can go to dinacataldo.com forward slash calendar masterclass. And that walks you through what I do every single week so that you have a game plan for yourself. And it really synthesizes the skills that I'm talking about in this podcast in a training that talks about mastering your calendar. So I would highly recommend go to dinacataldo.com forward slash masterclass and and download that because it is going to be essential for you if you are kind of finding your you are not able to create spaces for yourself not to work okay and even I find this challenging sometimes like I went on vacation recently and I noticed that I wasn't really treating it like a vacation. Like I didn't bring a, um, a fun book with me, right? I brought a business book and that was, that should have keyed me off right away. And then looking back on it, because I do evaluations every week on my, my work and just like how my brain's working that week, what's going on in it. I saw like, oh yeah, that behavior showed me that my brain's kind of in this overwork mode and I need to watch it. So just kind of notice, like we're coming into the holidays, notice where your brain is telling you, I need to work more. I need to watch those seminars. I need to read those books. Like just, it's a vacation. Treat it like a vacation. Okay, number four. Feel your feelings. Oh my gosh, this is the worst, right? I'm talking about feeling your feelings. It's it's like lawyers in particular, and I was the same way, okay? We are so disconnected to our bodies, like from our bodies. And I n- noticed how disconnected I was when I started my yoga practice. I want to say it was, what, 10 years ago, a little more than that. I was so disconnected, I had no clue what 
people were talking about when they were talking about their feelings. Like I just, they had no value to me because they were not related to work. Well, it turns out feelings are actually 100% related to your work and the quality of the work you're doing and the success that you have. And that's why I want to talk about this essential, unusual skill of successful lawyers. Most hyperachievers work more to avoid feeling crappy feelings like failure, disappointment, unworthiness, grief, right? And you know, me included. But what if you didn't avoid the crappy feelings? What if you allowed them into your home like an old friend? What happens is you stop working so hard to avoid those feelings because you learn that the feelings aren't going to permanently live there and that you won't die. You're 100% safe. You learn that crappy feelings are just one part of the human experience. They're not bad. They're not wrong. They are what make you a beautiful, messy, complex human. These feelings come to the party when we go after big dreams, and that's okay. And I have conversations with lawyers who are afraid to feel their feelings. And it's um, it's a, a, it's really... Um, fascinating to me because I was in the same boat at one point and to watch someone really avoid their feelings it's like a really delicate process to help them reconnect with their bodies so when I'm in a coaching session with a client who's very resistant to feeling we start very general about the feelings like where are you feeling the feeling in your body And sometimes they can't feel it in their body. And so I just kind of like say, okay, well, do you feel like your breath is deep? Do you feel like your breath is shallow? Do you feel like your body is open or do you feel like your body is closed? And we are really gentle about it because if we don't practice feeling our feelings, okay, if we don't practice processing the negative emotions, right? I'm going to label them negative here because we talk about negative, but I don't like looking at them as positive or negative. They just are, right? They're just one half of the human experience is going to feel crappy and the other half is going to be amazing. What we need to do is learn how to navigate those feelings that are crappy so that we don't shut down. And a lot of people that I've talked to, I don't want to say a lot, maybe about half the lawyers that I talk to are afraid that if they feel the feelings, they're going to get stuck in them, that they're not going to be able to find their way out. And that's 100% not true. I understand why they think that because I found myself years ago kind of like in a pit of despair and I thought there was just no way out of it. And the way out of it was through. The way out of it was feeling those feelings and starting to reconnect to my body, to reconnect to the emotions, to reconnect my whole self. So it's like a holistic approach, like really integrating how you feel in your body on a day-to-day basis and starting to practice feeling those and reminding yourself you're 100% safe to feel those feelings. The reason this is so important is because if you have these emotions, those feelings of failure, of disappointment, of despair, and you decide that you're not able to get out, right? Like you you don't have the skill here of starting to feel the emotion and not be scared of it. What's going to happen is you're going to stall out and you're not going to make progress towards your goal. And 
it's like having your foot on the brake and trying to put your gas your foot on the gas pedal at the same time you're burning up the brake you're starting to grind and when you do that it's going to feel horrible how do I know that because I've done that before and what I needed to do was start lifting my foot off the brake and recognize that it was okay to feel crappy and start releasing some of that and Honestly, the way to start releasing some of those feelings is to start being kind to yourself throughout the goal setting process and throughout the time that you're spending working towards the goal, okay? Number one is huge, right? That's why I put it as number one is just be nice to yourself. No matter how bad you feel, know that it's okay. Everything is okay and start being really kind to yourself. Just start recognizing how you talk to yourself, okay? Number five, give up knowing the how. So our brain wants the one, two, three to achieve our goals. And there is no such thing. We will only know the how after the thing is done. There's no one size fits all approach to making money, building a practice you love, or feeling successful, right? Success means something different to all of us. If there were, everyone would be doing the same thing. Everyone would have gobs of cash, love their life, and be in ecstasy all of the time. It would also be super boring, right? (laughs) That is not how life works. See, number four. So there's no right way to do things. There's the decisions that we make right. We must experience the journey to get what we want. We have to go through all of the hard things, all of the hard feelings. We have to learn how to process the emotions so that we can release them and we can start going after what we want with more of the gas on the pedal and less of the foot on the brake. When we learn how to feel the feelings and we start collecting data like a scientist on our way to our goals, not knowing how isn't a problem. You start to put the pieces together. You start looking at them more objectively because you're not believing what your brain is telling you. You're starting to say, okay, look, this is what I want and these are the beliefs that are, I know are the recipe to get there. Okay, so remember at the end, I'm going to give you a recipe that you can kind of start modeling your um, your future self after so you can start seeing like how this is integrated. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Okay, so number six, celebrate all of the wins. Withholding approval of yourself is not going to help you accomplish your goals faster and it's going to make the journey to your goal filled with even more crappy feelings. Acknowledge every win along the way to your goal, no matter how small your brain wants to tell you it is, no matter what, no matter if it's trying to attribute a win to something outside of you. Celebrating wins gets your body used to getting another win and then another win. We take the best actions when we feel good. Your outlook on your goal and yourself changes. Then you can't help but make better decisions for yourself and for what is going to get you closer to your goal. A lawyer told me recently that she got a really big settlement in a case one year and that was the only reason she hit her goal. She gave herself zero credit for making that happen, so she couldn't teach her brain how to repeat it. She didn't have a recipe to her success that year because she did not take the time to think about how she created it, 
right? She couldn't teach herself how to repeat it. She couldn't see how she built the relationships, how building relationships helped her get the lead, how her work on the project helped win the case, how her relationship with counsel or with the people in the courtroom or how she showed up every day on the case, how that contributed to her success. She made her success a fluke because she didn't celebrate it and then break down everything like a scientist. So when we celebrate our success, it also helps us move out of that negative emotion that we're feeling, right? So even if you initially attribute a success to a fluke, I want you to train your brain to look at it as 100% in your control, 100%. It's your responsibility. You did it, right? You created that. What shifts in your mind when you start taking 100% responsibility for your successes? You start to break down, like, how did I do that? Like, Start asking yourself, how did I do that? And you start creating your recipe. So when my clients make wins, we solidify their success recipe. They know the thoughts, the feelings, and the actions that created it. We go through it and we make it a habit. We want their brain to be in tune with those thoughts, with those feelings, so that they can repeat the actions from those feelings again and again. We take better actions from feeling really good than feeling really crappy. So once they know the recipe, they can repeat their success again and again. It's like having grandma's spaghetti sauce recipe anytime you want to make spaghetti. So this is how I want to share with you this recipe for success because this is something that my coach has really stressed and I found it very helpful to return to when I notice my brain wants to make things a fluke. It wants to go into the direction of I don't know how. I just return to that recipe and I say, oh yeah, those were the thoughts I was thinking. So I was talking to one of my clients recently and we were breaking down her recipe for success this year. And she has really increased her income by um, at least six figures this year. And then going into next year, she has a plan where it's going to, she's not only going to make her life easier, right? She is also going to be adding an additional six figures. So this is how we talked about her recipe for success. I wanted to know like what she thought, what she could attribute those successes were. And so this is what she said. First, she said it was not thinking about the whole journey. She said that focusing on what's right in front of you and then taking it one step at a time was one of the pieces of her recipe, one of the ingredients, like really breaking down her larger goal into smaller steps. The second thing she told me, an ingredient to her success was to be selective. And one of the thoughts that she had so that she would be more selective in the clients that she would take so that she wouldn't take clients who were not part of the practice areas she wanted to grow was that, you know what? I don't have to help everybody. In fact, I can't help everybody, right? And also another thought she had was that not everybody is a good match. And those thoughts 
felt very true to her. They felt very true to her. She felt very confident in those thoughts. And so just notice, like when I'm talking about a thought, every thought creates a feeling. And just because this client had this thought doesn't mean it's going to bring up the same feelings in you. So just get really connected to whether or not when I say a thought, like you don't have to help everybody, how does that feel in your body? Does that feel, um, do you feel guilty? Do you feel confident? Like there's going to be a feeling associated with it. You're maybe going to feel more open or you're going to feel more closed. And generally when we feel more open, when we're able to take deeper breaths, those are associated with more productive feelings, ones that are more helpful to us and getting where we want to go. The next ingredient to her recipe for success was to take time out for herself. And her thought was, somebody's got to take care of me and it's me, right? Like no one's going to take care of me except me. So really being kind to herself, like that is like one of the ingredients to her success this year. She also said that A huge ingredient to her success was celebrating her victories along the way and really relishing in those moments, right? Like really relishing when she is able to use the money she's created this year in those celebrations. So for her, it was giving a gift, right, to a charity. Like that felt amazing to her. That was her way of celebrating. And celebrating really started to like grow this sense of self-love, right? She felt really strong. She felt at peace. Like that was a, a big piece that she needed for her success this year. And a few more thoughts I'll leave you with that had really changed the game for her in terms of thinking these thoughts to contribute to her her recipe card, as I call it, right? Her recipe, her secret sauce, were thoughts like, I matter. I'm important. I'm allowed to have what I want. And so much, like 100% of what we create is based on our thoughts. And so it's so important that you're thinking thoughts along the way in your journey that are going to feed you, that are going to nourish you, that are going to take you towards your goal instead of keeping your foot on the brake, right? Like thoughts like I matter, thoughts like I'm important and I'm allowed to have what I want, that's when you can really put your foot on the gas. Those are the thoughts that are going to open you up and are really going to help you get where you want to go. And The best part of having this recipe for success is that you can use what I just said, okay? Like I highly recommend, like you go back through this podcast again and you just say, commit to yourself, like yes, I'm gonna use every single skill in this podcast and I am gonna make something big happen in 2022. Like I want you to really take this to heart because it's one thing listening to this podcast on the road, it's another thing treating this like a masterclass on how to get what you want. Because once you use these skills, right? You have a foundation for a recipe for success. And I just gave you an example of a recipe that one of my clients has used to grow her practice exponentially in a way that feels really good. So take this to heart and do the work here.
If you want help with this, like that's what I do. I'm here for you. You can book a call with me and we will do all of the unusual out of the ordinary things that no one teaches us in law school. That's going to help you to go after what you want and get it. You can go to dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. And we'll get started right away. This is all doable. Like you can do this. I see people come to my calls like 100% not knowing what they are capable of. And as soon as they start implementing these skills, as soon as they start going down their road, taking their journey towards what they want, everything opens up for them. They start seeing so much possibility that they never saw before. And it's just because they're starting to implement these skills that I talked about on this podcast. All right, my friend, I'm really excited for you and I can't wait to see what you are doing, what you are up to in the new year. And if you want to share with me what you're learning on the podcast, if you want to share with me successes that you've had, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at dina.cataldo. Tag me in your successes, like tag me listening to the podcast and tell me what you are getting from this podcast. I just love hearing from you. You can go again at dina.cataldo on Instagram. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon.